a lot of different rooms. And then you get to the room of the Sistine Chapel. And uh, Naya's about at the end of her <laughs> time being able to uh, focus. You know, she's whining. She's ready to get out of there. Yeah. And I was able to grab her attention. I said, hey, hey, baby, look up. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Was, we are in the Sistine Chapel. Cool. Just look up right now. And she's young, so I was like, yeah. do you see any cats? Do you see any dogs? I'm trying to get her just to look around. And just, and we just were able to have a moment right then. That's and cool. even though she doesn't understand it right now, it was a moment more for me. But it was just awesome to have that experience with my family. Um, so that was that was Rome. Now, favorite... What's up, everyone? Welcome to Compound Mindset, episode 14. Uh, I do want to mention something really funny quickly. Uh, Jake was giving me some critiques in my last uh, podcast and said that he could hear my heart tick. So, yes, I did take the microphone off my my shirt because you can hear me ticking the whole time. And uh, I don't want you guys to think that, you know, it's like a bomb or something behind me in the recording. So uh, it's our clock or something. But um, I thought that was kind of funny. I didn't realize my heart was that loud. But Anyway, this is uh, episode 14, and today I'm really excited about it. Uh, we got back from Italy about two weeks ago as of this recording. This is August 3rd that we're recording this, and um, I get to talk a little bit about just the recap and and my journeys to Italy, so excited to hop right into this one. Let's do it. Cool. What's up, Dan? What's up? How's it going, Vince? How you feeling today? Good, good. I'm feeling good. It's good to see you back, man. You're Thank you. looking good. Thank Italy you. must have a... Some real healthy food or something like that. <laughs> it's it's funny. It's like the more pasta and pizza you eat, somehow I lost weight. I don't know how that works, but it's amazing. Um, I need to go back. <laughs> so when you told me you're going to Italy, um, I, I thought it was awesome. Uh, what I didn't know, and, and what I want to know personally, is like what motivated you to take a trip to Italy. And it seemed like a long trip too. Like it seemed like you were going for a while. How long were you gone? It was nine total weeks. Wow. Nine weeks, so just over two months, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a surreal experience, I'll tell you that, yeah. Yeah, what, what inspired you to go? Jeez, my Italian roots, my mom will tell you. My, my um, grandma and her family, everything being from Italy, um, they're actually from like the Naples area. Never really saw any connections with the old family name but when I was over in Naples. But just being an Italian kid growing up, and it's just always wanted to go to Europe. Italy just kind of stood out just because I've never been there, but I just knew it had so many different spots and locations from, you know, Sicily to Amalfi Coast, Cinque Terre to areas that I never even knew of until we had a travel agent help kind of like show us the ropes on where to go. Um, but it's just something that it was just, I really wanted to do the trip to Europe. I really wanted it to be Italy because of all the culture, um, all the, uh, the history uh, actually, funny story in date myself a little bit, but in 2001, I took an art history class. And one of the things we learned about was Pompeii. And I think it was 79 AD, if I'm having the date right, the volcano erupted and basically froze the city because no one had a chance to escape them. 
and it's right near like Naples and Amalfi Coast, Pompeii's tucked right in there. And so I've always wanted to go see Pompeii and check out the ruins. And that's like the first thing we did. Mm-hmm. But that that's one thing that really got me stuck on Italy, the heritage, and then just being one of the focal points of Europe that a lot of people love to travel to. So it's just, I was like, hell yeah, let's do Europe. I'm just <laughs> do Italy, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, my grandfather, he's actually from Jamaica. And I went to Jamaica a couple years ago. And it was the first time going, but it was, it was really surreal. It almost felt like I was at home. It was like my roots almost knew that's where I was supposed to be. That's awesome. Like, how did it feel when you were in Italy? Did it, did it feel like that to you? <laughs> I did kind of feel at home. I, I know what you're saying, and uh, I know you took that trip with your dad, if I'm not mistaken, right? That must have been a really good time. I remember you telling me that. Um, yeah, it was, jeez, uh, it was just, how do I explain it? I don't know if it was Italy itself, because I haven't been to any other mainland areas of Europe, and I know people say Europe is somewhat similar. But it was just a step down to like relax, taking the experience, taking the culture, like live the life of Italians and seeing the beautiful, and we could dive deeper into it, but just the beautiful cities and how everything's a little bit different, but kind of similar and how people live their life over there different than we do here in America in quite a few ways. It was just, I did kind of feel at home there. I felt like less stress. I felt just happiness. Um, I don't know. There's something that took over me, but yeah, I could, could I ever live there? Yeah, I could maybe see myself in the future. You never know where life brings you, right? <laughs> Who would you go with? Who'd I go with? I went with my wife, uh, brought my daughter, and my in-laws. So, nice. Okay. And I plead the fifth on answering any questions about the in-laws. <laughs> I guess you know what the next question is. Yeah. I will not answer that. Not on a video. Well, that's awesome that uh, Lisa and, and Naya, your daughter, were able, were able to go. Um, how did you convince Lisa to go? Because let's be honest, nine weeks, that's, that's a good amount of time. That's not a regular vacation. Well, um, and I will say one thing about my in-laws, though. I think it was really awesome to see them bonding with Naya because they live up in Boston they're not down here so that was a really beautiful scene in all in all honesty that part was really cool for them to really bond especially with her dear Dushka they're Russian so Babushka and dear Dushka mean grandmother and grandfather in Russia in Russian so like it was just really cute bonds but um yeah that's a good question so those of you who know me know I go big a lot and I just I dream big I go big um so I actually went to Lisa and I was like crazy idea maybe about a year ago what if we go spend three months in Italy? And it just scared the shit out of her. And she's like, ah, mm, I mean, the theory of it sounds fun. There's no way with work, with business. How are we going to do this? And as you know, she runs her own company as well. And she does it remotely. So she pretty much can work anywhere. Um, yeah, she was just like, so basically we came down to a compromise of two months. It took a little bit of going back and forth. But she did finally give in and say, hell, you know, life's short. Let's go for it. Let's do two months. That's cool. Yeah, it reminds me of that uh, phrase that I've been hearing. It's, it's called try life on. Okay. And it's like a theory of, hey, you know, life is, you know, some people say life is long, some people say life is short, but you got to explore. You don't know what you know or you don't know what you like until you go do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it can sound frightening or maybe a little intimidating, but, you know, it might not be as bad. Um, I like that, try life on. That's a really good slogan. Like. Yeah. That's exactly what we were trying to do here is, are we ever going to do another two-month trip type of deal? I don't know. That's that's a long time. And honestly, there were pros and cons to it. Um, but why not do it once? Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of cool just to try it. Yeah, try it on. I like that. 
Like how, did, how did you and Lisa, you know, you both entrepreneurs, how are y'all able to keep operations going? Like, mm-hmm. were you worried about, hey, I'm leaving my business essentially for two months? How's it going to do without me? Like, what was that thought process like and how did it end up? Great question. So I'll kind of give you both perspectives. So my wife is a different than me. And again, people know me, know I'm just out there, ideas, you know, just go for it. Just, I can do a thousand things at once. My wife's a planner. She needs to make sure that she has her plan in order. So for my wife, she just had to make sure that she had it planned out. All right, what days am I working? Um, when am I going to be available? Um, I'm going to need quiet time during these times. So that's another reason why we brought the in-laws to help us with the baby so that she can have still set work hours and make sure her job's getting done. On the other hand, for me, it wasn't necessarily – my schedule's all over the place every week anyway. Hers is pretty regimented. Mm-hmm. So it was the same thing. I was able to r- work with my team who were the boots on the ground here, talking to them on a daily basis and communicating with my team here. So still working but working more on the business. And then I was able to take the next step and really work above the business. And on the other free time that I had when we weren't exploring, it was to really think about the business as a whole and where I want Rivers Capital Group to go from here. So it wasn't two months off of no work, no doing business. Yes, there was a lot of playing, exploring. There wasn't as much in the business being done, but it helped me do more on and above the business, which was uh, super helpful for me to get a little bit clearer vision. I feel like that's really a testament to like the strength of your team and mm-hmm. your organization and you as a leader, honestly, to be able to step away and still be able to keep things afloat and, and still be able to execute. Um, taking that time away, I'm sure it, 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 it did something for you. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, I, I can do this. I can still live my life, enjoy my life. Because there's a lot of entrepreneurs that still have to work within their business. So coming from, you know, just starting from the ground up and getting to this spot where you can leave for two months, like, how does that feel? What's the progression like in that? I mean, it did feel awesome. It felt really cool. Anybody who's an entrepreneur on here knows, listen, there's ups and downs. I'm not bullshitting and saying everything's perfect and and, and roses. Like, it isn't. Like, there's... There's tough parts. You have slow cash flow months. You have big cash flow months. You have big hits and you have some losses in there too. Um, It's just how you roll a business. But I think one of the key components is having a good team that you trust. Um, I mean, my right-hand man, Jake, is my go-to. And over the last just, geez, 12 to 18 months has he grown. He is just, he cares about the company. He's all in. He's And he, you know, is truly going to do what's best for the company, no matter what it is, uh, what hours he works, whatever the case is. Um, Nicole, my executive assistant, A plus, you know, executive assistant, caring about the company as well and just holding down the foot on her end and just making sure that, you know, she's taking care of everything that it's organized and things are still getting done on her end. So it's the team that really got me to the point. It was scary bringing on the team. And we've talked about that. Like, it's just scary, like, as you grow, because now you have more commitments. I need to make sure Jake's successful, Nicole's successful, John's successful. Like, I want to make sure everybody's successful around me, and that's going to help me be successful. So that part's scary um, to walk away from that, but to have that right team and for them to do what they were doing and give me the ability to walk away and work on and above the business for the most part, it's going to be beneficial to everybody. But, it, yeah, it's just a feeling. I, I would have never thought I would have had a few years ago. Yeah, you yeah. would have I mean, speaking to your point, 
being scary to kind of build the team. You, but you wouldn't be able to do things like this without the team. Exactly. That's awesome. Um, going back to Italy, like, tell me, like, was there, like, any favorite spots, like, anything, like, really cool? Like, I'm, I've always heard about Rome, like, being this beautiful place, and I've heard a lot of stories about that. Did you guys go see Rome? Like, what were your favorite spots? Yes, and I did say the joke when in Rome at least ten <laughs> times. <laughs> Lisa was loving that. <laughs> um Jeez, favorite spots. So first of all, I'll touch upon Rome. That's actually where we ended and then flew home from Rome. We were there for a few nights. Awesome place, but we're in a hotel. We were in a house for the most part the whole trip. A couple different houses. But we were in a hotel that last time in Rome, and I re- we realized Naya does not like to sleep with us in the room, so we barely slept for about three days. Naya just wanted to play all night long. Um, so that part was tough. But no, Rome was just beautiful. It was... The Colosseum, which everybody talks about, and I needed to see that. It was just an amazing sight, and I tried to sit there and envision, you know, what it was like 2,000 years ago. But it was the Roman Forum, the Sistine Chapel. There was a moment there that really I I captured. It was so important. It was was 103 degrees out that day. It's Naya barely slept a nap that day. It's about 3.30 in the afternoon. We're going, we walk to the Sistine Chapel. It's about, um... 30-minute walk from our place. We're waiting outside. We're, I mean, again, it's 103 and sunny. And Naya's just absolutely being a trooper. Um, so we, uh, anyway, we wait in line. We go in the Sistine Chapel. And we do the whole, like, walking through the whole Vatican City, which I didn't realize was another country until I was there. But So we were in a different country while in Italy. But, so Vatican City, we walk through the whole thing. And we get to the Sistine Chapel because it's pretty deep. And you're doing all these, you know, tours, seeing all these different artwork and, and you know, Artwork on the walls, artwork on the ceiling, just a lot of different rooms. And then you get to the room of the Sistine Chapel. And uh, Naya's about at the end of her <laughs> time being able to uh, focus. You know, she's whining. She's ready to get out of there. Yeah. And I was able to grab her attention. I said, hey, hey, baby, look up. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Was, we are in the Sistine that's Chapel. Beautiful. Just look up right now. And... She's young, so I was like, do you see any cats? Do you see any dogs? I'm trying to get her just to look around, and just, and we just were able to have a moment right then. And even though she doesn't understand it right now, it was a moment more for me, but it was just awesome to have that experience with my family. Um, so that was, that was Rome. Now, favorite spots, I do want to go quickly on a few different yeah, So when we were planning this, we, didn't, we wanted to do like Amalfi Coast, Cinque Terre, you know, what everybody wants to do. And we talked to a travel agent. We say we're doing a couple months over there. And it gets really expensive to stay in Amalfi for a month or, or Cinque Terre for a month. So she had recommended this area called Puglia, P-U-G-L-I-A. And it's basically the, the heel of the boot, that, that sub, southeastern part of Italy. Um, and my God, she could not have recommended a better area. I do not know how this has not blown up all over to, for places for people to go. So we played, we stayed in a house on an olive vineyard with a pool. It was beautiful. Um, about a mile and a half out from a town called Ostuni. And a lot of them were a lot of, it was very, a lot of Greek influence, a lot of white limestone buildings. It also had to do with back in like the 14th century, I think the black plague or 15th century, whatever it is. Don't, don't quote my history, but the white limestone, I guess helped fight against the disease for some reason. So that's why they painted a lot of the, the stone white. We would do a day trip every day. So we'd go out of there and we went to this, Really cute town called Loco Rotondo, 
with these, it just, every town had just different characters. It's really hard to explain. El Grobello with these things called trulies. They're stone like, um, hatch shaped like roofs, all stone. And they're called trulies with white, white limestone buildings. And then. Like not the drink. I'm sorry, what's up? Not the drink. Not the drink. No, not the drink truly. Um, but uh, Matera, I think this was over, I think it was like, if I'm not mistaken, it was built in BC or right around zero or whatever the case is. And it's a, it's a town built into the mountains just outside of Puglia. Mm. We will go to Pognano e Mare. And a lot of people have seen this photo of the two cliffs. It's where they do the Red Bull um, mm-hmm. diving contest. The two cliffs in the water. And we stayed there. We got up at seven o'clock and Italians like the, stay up late. They eat dinner at like 10. Um, so we're up at like 7, 6.30, 7 a.m. And we go swimming and there's no one else. And we're able to swim oh, in this place that's picturesque. That's crazy. At like 7 in the morning in the Adriatic Sea with these cliffs next. I mean, it was just... So that was beautiful in itself. And then the, then we go up to a town called Luca, which is in western Tuscany, northwestern Tuscany, right next to Pisa. I mean, we... It's a wall, the only fully walled city in Italy, and it's about, I don't know, the wall's maybe 40 feet wide, whatever it is, and you could only bike, run, no cars were allowed up there. So we would go on bike rides with Naya, first time she's been on a bike ride. We would do just walks and runs and work out and just walk around the city, and there's, geez, a million gelato spots and cornettis, which is croissants and, and espressos, and we're probably walking 10 miles a day, just always walking around the city and doing things. We saw Bob Dylan in a concert because they have a Lucas Summer wow. Festival. Okay. <laughs> uh, who was pretty awesome. I mean, we, we took, and then it was, we were 10 minutes of the train. We actually biked to Pisa one day. It was 20, 21 miles on the bike. Beautiful countryside. And then we took the train. We went to places like Via Reggio, which is a beach on the Mediterranean Sea. We went to Cinque Terre. We hiked between a couple towns and went to all five towns in Cinque Terre. We went to Florence. We went to a little town called Monte Carlo and visited a castle. Like, it was just unbelievable great spot to stay i recommend going to luca and just stay a week there attend it. it's just so many little piazzas with just like i said at night they're all booming with it's the one thing i've like noticed about italy it's very strange the 10 12 14 year old kids are up at like 11 12 o'clock at night just hanging out in these piazzas not doing anything wrong just hanging out and just chilling i'm just like oh it's just a different lifestyle yeah they awake even sometimes you see like these babies and strollers at like 10 30 at night i'm like now he's been sleeping like three hours mm-hmm. you got all these babies and strollers so it was it was pretty um it was a pretty amazing experience um there and then tuscany itself montepulciano can't say enough about just waking up with the tuscan sunrise and finishing the room but it was beautiful yeah that sounds beautiful i mean within that time like you you've seen so much mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and that's what i love about traveling is like the experiences like you can buy something easily, right? That lasts you a year. But those experiences you and your family yeah. share together, that's going to last for a lifetime. Absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing. And you said something when Lisa looked, I mean, not Lisa, but when your daughter looked up, you know, you said you had that moment. But even though she's young, I feel subconsciously she still maybe had that moment. Mm. You know, maybe she doesn't remember it, but in her subconsciousness, I feel like maybe she will. Um, you know, you, you talked about a lot of great things that you've seen, um, but with traveling with a, a you know, a young uh, child and, and then just being over there for so long, did you guys ever run into any challenges? We said we wouldn't talk about the animals. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No, in all seriousness, it was more of, I don't know if you say it a challenge. I just I just think it's just life now, and this is what we have to do. We had naps in the afternoon, so sometimes we'd have to cut things short um, or go home because she goes to bed at like 7.30, 8 o'clock, so we'd have to go like kind of leave something maybe before we would want to. But that's part of like, it was still in a... I would never take it back and not want to go with my family. Like, it was just amazing. Like, I had a great experience. It's okay if we cut things a little short. I went back for naps. Like I said, it wasn't really a challenge, but um, on, like, a fun note on that, a lot of these places have a lot of these little towns in Puglia and they have all these playgrounds for kids. So mm-hmm. we would go to a playground almost every day with her. And Sweet. she was just playing with these Italian kids. There was one, actually, it was really cute. There was a town called Cisternina in uh, Puglia region. And we go to this playground, and this Italian boy in an Adidas jumpsuit. Yes, it reminded me of The Sopranos. He's like, <laughs> like four years old. Cutest thing ever. He is just hanging out with my daughter, helping her out on the slides, helping her out on everything. Kissed her hand. Like, it was just absolutely adorable. And just seeing her light up and enjoying Italy in a different way from a kid's point of view was pretty amazing. Mm. Tell me about the bee sting. Oh, <laughs> So, July, when we first went down here of 2018, I got stung or bit by something and ended up having to go to the hospital um, and get the, uh, you know, whatever it is that when, you, when you're allergic. And uh, a scary moment. Um, I thought my throat was closing. That could have just been hyperventilating. But bottom line is I definitely had rashes and was breaking out. So fast forward, my wife and I, which were hiking through Cinque Terre from Rio Oh, I can't even pronounce them right. Rima Margerio to uh, another one that begins with a C. And uh, beautiful hike. And it's a two and a half hour hike. Not an easy hike either. And we're, we're an hour and 15 minutes up on the mountainside overlooking the Adriatic I'm sorry, the Mediterranean Sea. Beautiful views, having the time of our life. And all of a sudden, I'm like, ah, shit. And I look down and I, be, and I totally got stung. I mean, it's woodsy. It's mm-hmm. uh, there's there's people walking and everything, but we're not getting to. Like, who knows if it's even a bee at this point? Right? Yeah, well, we're pretty sure my wife saw it, but it was like it was either a bee or a hornet. Something stung me, and I didn't have any medicine on me or my uh, shot. Not the whatever the uh, epipen. It's back at the hotel. So Lisa and I just kind of look at each other and we're like, "Hey, all right, let's let's not let's not stress." let's keep my heart rate down because one thing I know is at least with like snake bites in it keep your heart rate down you want your body to pump that poison mm-hmm. too quick mm-hmm. so I put my headphones in start listening to classical music and I'm like let's just keep going just keep walking hopefully nothing happens and we just kept walking and kept walking and about 15 minutes later we stumble upon like this Airbnb on the mountainside they don't have any medicine um, but we're talking to them trying to ask the lady there and then five minutes later these three medics happen to turn around the corner they just walk the trail make sure people are okay yeah and bottom line, we sat down with them, put an ice pack on it. They had walkie-talkies. They could have helped me out if we needed to. Sat for about 45 minutes after the sting, 50 minutes. We realized, all good. We're in the clear. Let's just keep going. I must not be allergic to bees anymore. But I'm not going to lie to you. When that happened and I realized where we were, it did cross my mind a little bit. Like, I may die up on this mountain and just, you know, basically be done because my throat's going to close up. And Mm. and I'm thinking about this and I'm like, I don't want Lisa thinking about this and getting all worried. So it got scary for a minute. But the the cool part is 10 minutes later, we're just walking around again. It's just like there's some vineyards and things. All of a sudden we walk and there's this vineyard with a little bar set up and they're selling wine overlooking 
the Mediterranean Sea and you could see the town we're hiking to below. And she looks at me, I'm like, let's go get a glass of wine. We need a glass of wine right now. So we, so we sat down, had a glass of wine, decompressed, and just enjoyed the amazing view and the experience. But Man. it was scary. <laughs> yeah, so, but a couple things stood out to me. Like, you had, who, who was what you, was it just you and Just Lisa? me and Lisa. Yeah, but you could have freaked out, right? Mm-hmm. And if you would have freaked out, then maybe she would have freaked out, and who knows, maybe something would have happened, but... I think the fact that you were able to kind of just calm your nerves and just, you know, try to keep your composure in the moment, I think I think that was huge. Like, what was your takeaway from that? Because I feel like you got to do that in business sometimes mm-hmm. too, right? I'm a firm believer um, that your mind can control a lot of your body. Yep. And I know it might sound a little weird, but I truly feel like if I can control my mind and get – because yeah, in my mind, I'm kind of talking to my body, like, fight this. Mm-hmm. Don't let any you know, thing happen. Let's go. Let's let's go, body. So I just controlled my mind. And I just, again, it's just through understanding that hyperventilating, getting nervous is not going to help anything. Let's just keep focus and move forward and try to get to a place as fast as we can without panicking. It was just composure. Like, what is freaking out going to do except for, like you said, scare Lisa? Mm-hmm. make my wife super scared or, or scare me or, or cause me to hyperventilate and maybe nothing's happening. I think it is. And I have an anxiety attack. So exactly. I just, it's just mind over matter. And it's just years of experience. of just trying to do that from, I I used to have major anxiety. I've gone to the hospital for anxiety attacks before. So the way I fight anxiety is not through medicine, it's through my mind. Mm. And it works for me. I'm not saying yeah. it works for everybody, but it works for me. Um, so that's what I try to do whenever I'm in a bad situation, whether a business or this, you know? Yeah, that's that's the uh, the strangest secret um, mm-hmm. is your mind. You know what you think is is what happens. It's powerful. But um, you know, it sounds like you had an amazing time. I'm guessing you would do it again. If you were to do it again, what would you change? Like, would you still go for two two months, or how many? How long would you go next time? We actually talked about this. We said it would be really cool to do three to four week vacation. Once a year. Yeah. So not necessarily, two, I think two months, we both agreed that it was amazing and every day was awesome. Mm-hmm. But it was like too too long to be away from, again, we weren't away from our businesses, but just the way we're so hands-on. I just want to, I just want to be back here and then maybe go again. So we talked about maybe, you know, instead of one big trip, doing two or three a year, smaller ones, two to four weeks. Uh, but absolutely, especially when you go to Europe, you know, it's a 12, it was a 14-hour flight home in total. You know, I don't want to stay a week and do two two long flights mm-hmm. it's got to be at least probably three weeks going to europe or if we ever do australia's on our list that one may be a month or five weeks because it really depends on the destination but making sure that we have enough time to enjoy it and not only that one of the biggest reasons and you asked us in the beginning i forgot to mention it we did this too to bring in to understand a different culture mm-hmm. so a lot of this was like hey let's go to europe to italy to an area that has I think it's one of the most centurions, basically people who are 100 years or older, and see what their lifestyle is like. You know, because I'd like to live a pretty old age as long as I'm healthy. What is their lifestyle like? And we just want to absorb that culture. And one thing I did notice about these crazy Italians is they like to drive like freaking maniacs. So being on the road is not fun. Um, But one of my bigger takeaways is Being intentional, and I know we talk about this, but living in Italy just helped me see this even more. Like, there was one story where we were going to a town one morning. 
and don't even get me started, but for a luxury luxury house, we basically didn't have coffee at the house for like two weeks and it was a fight with the with the management company. But so we'd have to go out and get a coffee. No big deal in America, right? You just take go, Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks, and you go. No, no, no. It's not like that in Italy. You don't really take away coffee. It's just not what you do in Italy. You enjoy the experience. So we went to the gas station once and we got and it sounds weird, but they have they all have the best high-end espresso machines, whether it's a gas station or a coffee shop, it's all yeah, the same. Coffee's a big deal. Coffee's a big deal. And they all they don't do any of that cheap shit. It's all nice machines. And there's no coffee anyway. A coffee's an Americano, everything's espresso. So we go and we get some some espressos and whatever, and they put them in these little thin Dixie cups. And we start to drive, and my poor father-in-law in the back seat. The th- it's like melting through. He can't hold it. He's dropping it on himself. He's like burning his crotch. He's like, what the hell? It's like, just hear him yelling back there as I'm trying to drive. And we realize right then, it's like, you don't take things away. You don't do two experiences in one. You go, you take five to ten minutes, and you drink your coffee. Wow. You just enjoy that experience, and then you go and you do the next thing. And then when you eat, you enjoy, and you enjoy the whole meal, and you talk, and you, in- and you focus, and you're intentional on that meal. And then you go to work and you go to, you know, people aren't necessarily working while they're eating. It's like they eat and then they work. And then it's just very intentional. And it just really stuck to me, not only in business, but in life of just being more intentional. And, yeah. and my wife's really good about this. If I'm spending time with my daughter, she'll say, I'll be on my phone a little bit. She'll, she'll look at me and she'll be like, hey, what do you have to do for work? I'm like, I need, I need a half hour. She'll be like, go do it. And then come back and put your phone down. And I'm like, I respect that. Thank you. I'll put my phone down. Then my time with my daughter is my time with my daughter. So um, being more intentional is something that really stood out to me there. Being in a rush, we're like robbing ourselves of experiences. Mm -hmm. And are we really more productive? So I was really, so I took all this in and I was really thinking about it. Are we truly in an American society more productive because we do everything on the go and are fast paced? And can we really look in the mirror and say, yes, we are more productive because of that? Or if we were intentional, can we get the same thing done but enjoy each experience separately? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know that I'm saying I have the right answer, but I'm sure it's all going to try to be more intentional and be just as productive, but to enjoy all moments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So was there like any favorite meal? I know you talked about the wine. Like what stood out to you as far as like Italian food when you were there? <laughs> All right, I got you. This is going to be a little strange, but so we go to this little town, cute town called Local Rotondo in Puglia region. My wife and I go out to dinner one night and we're like, let's just walk around and feel like, figure out the place that we feel is the right spot. And we just found this little hole in the wall, you know, like I said, it's got about 15 tables, two people work and an old lady cooking and another lady that's kind of the server. And we just felt it. We're like, this is it. Let's go in here. It's pretty empty because it's like eight o'clock at night. And like I said, Italians start dinner at 10. So no one's really... As we're leaving dinner, people are going to dinner. But we ended up getting this seafood pasta dish. Oh, unbelievable. And then I got donkey. Yes. When I was ordering it, she she, she could speak English, but she's trying to tell me. I was like, what is this? She goes, donkey. And I was like, but I couldn't understand exactly. I was like, did, you, did she just say donkey? And she goes, yeah. Hee-haw, hee-haw. <laughs> and I'm dying laughing now. <laughs> Yes, I will get that. I will try that. And it was like a braised short rib and, you know, like a, a sauce. Um, not like a thick sauce or anything, but like almost like it's it's sauces. It was melt-watering and it was tender and it was like the best meat I've ever had. And it was donkey. And then we had homemade tiramisu, homemade limoncello shots. Everything was just unbelievable because it was so clean. Over in Italy, you know, pasta is made with like 
four ingredients. Mm-hmm. You know, it's things. It's not processed. You're not allowed to process. You're not allowed to throw all these chemicals and sugars. And they make things pretty simple over in Italy. It's not like a pasta with like fifty different things on it. It's like it might just be a sauce, a pasta, and this. And but it's just amazing because it tastes so natural. And I think that's why I think I ended up losing about fifteen pounds. In, while you're over here. While I was over there. Wow. I used to, I was 189 at the beginning of this year. I'm now 171 this morning. And trust me, I ate, I ate croissants. I ate a lot of affogados. I don't know if you know what that is, but basically it's an espresso with gelato. It's amazing. It's, it's a game changer. Um, a lot of pasta, a lot of pizza. We just walked a lot and we ate just clean meals. We'd have to go food shopping every two days at our house yeah. because everything was just fresh. It didn't last a super long time, but it was... Just amazing. So yeah, that was that was the one thing that really stood out to me. That one meal. I mean, there's a lot of great meals. Yeah. Um, the other one I will tell you, we, my wife and I took one trip away, and we went to Sardinia. It's an island just off the coast of um, the east coast. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the west coast of Italy. Mm-hmm. And so we stayed in Sardinia. We had a sailboat cruise the last day. It was awesome. But we did this tour where we got to see this four thousand year old, four thousand year old castle. It's part of the UNESCO sites. We saw like six UNESCO sites while we were over there, by the way. It's so cool. And 4,000-year-old castle, and we do this whole trip, and the guy on the way back, we just bonded with the tour guide, just us two and him. Mm-hmm. And we're like, hey, we just want the best pizza. And he's like, I got you. He's like, but you got to make reservations two weeks ahead of time, but I know the owner. So he gets his reservations that night, and he wasn't lying. It was the best pizza I've ever had. Oh, man. It was like, was a, it's like a Coppola and... Um, um, a pistachio cream on it, and then there was a. Then we got a margarita pizza. Mm-hmm. Of course, you had to ask me what the place was called. I don't remember. Yeah, um, I have it somewhere in my note. In my, um, but you experienced it. So but I experienced it, and I journaled almost every day. So I got a lot of this in my journal, so I can go pull it up and find it. But unbelievable pizza from there. So that was another good dinner spot. Sweet. Okay, like where, where's where are you going next? Like what's next? <laughs> we talked about that. Um, we were going to go to Venice, but we pers- purposely didn't because we're thinking we may do like Switzerland, uh, what's it, Croatia there, and the Dolomites, and then maybe hit northern, like Lake, Lake Como and the Dolomites, and maybe Venice at that point, do like that northern kind of mountain range, Swiss Alps, and just maybe take two or three weeks and do that area. Uh, South America is also on the, uh, doing the, um, of course, now I can't think of the name, uh, Patagonia. Okay. Hiking around Patagonia would be really cool. Yeah. But yeah, we got a lot on our bucket list. I actually read a lot when I was over there, and I read a book called Die With Zero. And so I have to do this, so I don't necessarily have the answer just yet. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I'm sure you've seen, like, I think the movie Bucket List yep. with all the old guys. You know, one of them's dying, so you got to go start doing everything you want to do, even though you only have three months. Yep. One of the recommendations, like, do your bucket list now. Yeah. So literally map out your bucket list now. Yep. And the cool part about that is you may be like, hey, I'm going to go do this cruise next year. But thinking about it, hey, I'm 43 years old. I may only have 15 more years of like really being able to hike or do things. Why am I going to do a cruise now when I could do that when I'm 70? Why don't I bump the cruise back here and bump maybe um, you know the Appalachian or the Patagonia hike here? So it was just really cool to think about that. So I'm gonna once my office is my thinking room is what I call it is done at home. I'm gonna put up a whiteboard with mapping out not only what we're going to do, like where we're traveling to, but also yeah. do I want to learn a language maybe in a few years? Maybe now's not the right time, but in three years I can. So, yeah, that's pretty that's cool. cool. That's what Try Life On is. Like, okay. You just explained. Um, what would you give, like any tips or like travel hacks for somebody that's wanting to do something similar 
maybe to Italy or maybe somewhere else, but they plan on taking like, hey, gonna take a four week trip, bring my family. Like, you got any tips? Yeah, get it. No, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but one of the biggest things I do want to say is because I've heard this so many times. It's like, oh, how do you travel with kids? All oh, young mm-hmm. kids, older kids, all this stuff. Just, just like we talk about in real estate investing, just do it. Just go experience it yourself. Don't listen to the fixed mindset or the negative mindset of you can't do this, you can't do it. Hell yeah, you can. Is it easy? No. Some days were a little bit more difficult. Like the car seats over there are not the best freaking car seats. So I was always worried I was driving with, with my daughter in the car. But it's just doing it. It's just going like live your dream. Go do what you want to do. Like do it with your kids. I'm super excited about it. When Lisa and I, when she realized she was pregnant, one of the things we talked about was like, we're still going to live our life the way we're living it, obviously with adjustments, yeah. but we're not giving up traveling. We're not giving up the things that we do. Again, we're going to adjust it and we're going to make sure our daughter's a part of our life and she's happy and she lives a great life, but she's going to live the great life that we're living. Right. So I think one of the biggest things are people with family. You hear everybody tell you that you shouldn't travel with family. It's a pain in the ass and you shouldn't do all this stuff. Just, just do it. Like, yeah, plan a little bit more. Make sure you really know the areas. Um, you know, plan your trip out. Um, make sure, you know, you have your adapters and really put a good list together of what you're going to need as you travel to make sure you have the necessities. But just like investing, like I said, just start, just do it. Do it once and then you're going to learn a couple of things because it's not going to be perfect and then you figure it out and then you and then you tweak it and do it again. Yeah, I think that's important, like doing it with family because you want to mm-hmm. do it with people you care about, people you love. And most of all, you want them to share the same experiences that you have the you know opportunity to experience. Um, recently, uh, my dad uh, we went on like a boat trip, and it was for my son's birthday. And my dad was kind of against it, honestly, because he's like, "Oh, that's too too expensive and stuff like that." And you know, he just has kind of a different mindset. Mm-hmm. But once he was there, he was like, "I'm so glad I came." He was like, "I wouldn't have." If you would have explained this to me, I wouldn't have been able to imagine it. You would have just had to be here. And yep. that's where it really warmed my heart. It was like I was able to share that with him. He would he kind of I'm I'm hoping that he's getting it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's cool when you can share those experiences with the people you love. Absolutely. And that's what I want to do. Yeah. Awesome. So uh compound mindset, right? It's it's a big deal. And um, you know, you're putting out a lot of great content. I know that you're, you know, holding yourself accountable as well. Um, in the midst of compounding every area of your life, what's your main focus right now when it comes to compounding every area of your life? Like, what area are you focusing on at the moment? I'd say probably two, two of the biggest areas are health. Um, really focusing on health, my diet especially fasting and working out. And I just did a triathlon last Sunday. I just signed up for it. Just did it. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't really train. It was tough. I got my butt kicked, but it was, I just, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get my butt kicked. So I was okay with that, but health is on there. And then also the wealth portion of it. And, and what I mean by that is just big things going on in my life. I have some, a few big things going on that we'll be announcing soon to build that wealth. And that includes building my team to make sure they're a part of building that wealth. So those are my two main focuses right now. Sweet. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I think it's now time for everybody's favorite part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to do this round. Okay, let's do it. Round, round. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Put Dan on the hot seat. <laughs> let's go. All right. 
What's your definition of success? When you, has it, I'm sorry, and has it changed yeah, since you've come back from the trip? Well, that's a good question. I don't know that it's changed from when I've come back from the trip, but it has changed from when I was younger. When I was younger, my definition of success was basically becoming VP of a company and you know making it in the corporate world and being successful that way. My definition of success now is being able to truly live the life that I want with the people that I want and being happy doing so, you know, and having that time to basically run my life the way I want it. So if I want to do something, I'll do it. And if I don't, I won't. And, um, yeah, that's, and I feel like I'm almost there at that truly successful. I feel like I'm successful where I'm at right now and I could become more successful, but I am truly happy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, give me two things that you're listening to or reading right now, a book you talked about Mm -hmm. go with zero so give me a different book or it could be a podcast. It could be an audible. Like, yeah, that's a good question. So right now I'm listening to Ray Dalio's principles. It's been great. Um, Ray Dalio started Bridgewater investments, I think back in late nineties, early two thousands. And he's one of the only people that have kind of like in 2008, when the markets were down what 40%, I think he made a little bit of money. So he's just an investor investment genius. And I really follow him a lot on social media um, and what he's doing because um it's just very interesting reading his books or listening to his audible of how he thinks about things and how he thinks about investing. And I'm trying to implement that in the real estate business and what I'm doing. So that's, that's one of them. And then I'll just pop in uh, a podcast that I've been listening to is housing wire. I just started listening to that. Um, John, my investment analyst got me onto that housing wire of just understanding the market on a global economic scale of what's going on. So I can not only know the local market here, but I can, have a little bit of a heads up on the global market. So, you know, we talked a lot about the trip. Um, if you could summarize it, I want you to summarize your biggest takeaway in a couple of sentences. How would you summarize everything that you've experienced in two months? One of my biggest takeaways is that I fell even more in love with my daughter and my wife. So... I'll summarize in that one sentence. Yeah, I realized right. how much I love my life, my wife, my daughter, my family. Um, meaning, I'm not saying everything was perfect. We had our little bits and our arguments and stuff, but just the ability to like traveling together and just being on the same page with how we want to raise our daughter. Our daughter just being just absolutely adorable. Um, and just, you can already tell how good a person she is. Like we do, you know, family hugs and, and just seeing how she understands life and like the kind of person she's already becoming at such a young age. And then seeing my wife, just the joy of what we experience and what we're able to do. Um, and just realizing that I really do have an amazing wife to be able to want to do these things with me, take the chance, bet on us, um, and take action. So just, yeah. Cool, man. Well, I really appreciate your time, Dan. Thank you for sharing with us. Um, I felt like I was almost in Italy. (laughs) And uh, I'm definitely going to have to check it out. But appreciate everything, man. Well, thank you for uh, this. I really appreciate it. And I'll I'll cook you up some donkey steaks. (laughs) (laughs) All All right. right. Peace out.